Hello friends, Zachary Stockhill here from RetroactiveJealousy.com. In today's video, I'm going to share another very strange technique that will help you stop asking your partner more questions about their past, or in general, will help you stop any of the behaviors which you might be engaging in as it relates to retroactive jealousy. And before I get into today's video, I'll also mention that I've been compiling a list of questions from viewers like you recently questions about retroactive jealousy or personal development or relationships or anything like that. And if you have a question for me, which you haven't seen me address on this channel, please be sure to comment uh, on this video, leave a comment below, and either me or my team will bookmark it as a possible future video topic moving forward in the future. So how do you stop asking your partner endless questions about their past? If I had a nickel for every time I've received this question, I'd be much, much wealthier <laughs> than I am today. This is a question that I get all the time. This is a question that I have been getting all the time since I started my blog back in 2013, since I started putting out content on retroactive jealousy. And the truth is there are many answers to this question. And at the top of my list would be just in general, know what your values are, know what your deal breaker questions are, stick to those. Basically, you know, anything else as it relates to just endless curiosity or obsessive curiosity, if you're just feeling the urge to scratch that particular retroactive jealousy itch, if you're getting this impulse to ask them all kinds of unnecessary questions, questions that aren't going to help you, aren't going to help your partner, and are just going to cause problems in the relationship, probably best to avoid those for now. But of course, anyone watching this who's struggling with retroactive jealousy is probably aware that this is often easier said than done. Retroactive jealousy, and in particular retroactive jealousy OCD, can often make us feel like the only way out of this endless curiosity, the only way to sort of scratch this particular itch is to ask our partner more questions about their past, questions that we actually don't need the answer to. Or maybe we're repeating questions. Maybe we've already asked them questions about certain people from their past or certain events, but you know that's still not enough. We wanna hear the reassurance again because our ravenous ego just always wants more, 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 more details, more reassurance, et cetera, et cetera. So how the hell do you stop asking questions, especially when you feel this really, really strong urge? Another tip I'll offer, and again, I've offered a lot of tips. I think I've probably mentioned this at least once or twice in the channel, but an analogy I like to think about it's kind of a grisly analogy, so bear with me, but it's kind of like a drug user. In particular, uh, drug users who are addicted to things like opiates and heroin and things like this. They'll feel like they have this itch in their skin and they feel very itchy. So they'll itch and itch and itch and itch and itch and eventually they tear through their skin and they hit blood and bone. It can get really gross because they don't realize that they're not actually itchy. There's no serious problem in their body. The itch is simply a manifestation of their addiction to whatever drug that they're currently addicted to. There's no actual problem. They're not actually itchy. This is really the, just their irrational brain running away with them. And I like this because it really, you know, that's really similar to the experience of retroactive jealousy, where you have this urge to ask a question and you feel like you can't help yourself. You feel like you have to ask it. And maybe it's a question you've already asked your partner, you know, five or 10 times before, but still you feel this urge and just have to ask it. So in the moment, number one, be conscious of what's going on. Be conscious that this is simply irrational retroactive jealousy. This is not real. This is not actually a problem. This is not related to one of your values or deal breaker issues. You probably already have all the answers you need already. Best to just move on. Focus on something else as quickly as possible. But failing that, because again, this is easier said than done. I'm gonna share a perspective that I found helpful back in the day, many years ago when I was struggling with retroactive jealousy. And it's an idea that's gonna sound strange, but again, you know, I, I know I say this to you all the time, but please just try to hear me out. 
So I remember watching a video by the Australian speaker, James Marshall. Yes, James Marshall, many years ago. And he was talking about how when you're dating someone, when you're you know, play, playing around with them and teasing them and being flirtatious and in general in your relationship with them, an interesting and unusual question to ask yourself, and I'm going to try to clean this up for YouTube. He used slightly different words, but I'll, I'll give you the PG version. He said, it's a good question to ask yourself. And the question is, would you sleep with you? You can probably guess what he actually said. It involved a word that starts with F, but you get the idea. Would you sleep with you? Would you be attracted to you? And you might hear this and think, what the hell is Zach talking about? <laughs> what is this James Marshall guy talking about? I'm not gay. I wouldn't sleep with a man. Or if you're a woman, you know, I wouldn't sleep with a woman. And I wouldn't sleep with myself. This is a very, very bizarre question. What he means by this question and what I'm trying to get at here is to try to put yourself in your partner's shoes. Because even though, you know, I'm a straight man, in a relationship with a woman, I think I have a fairly decent idea of what a lot of women like and what my girlfriend likes, certainly. And in general, you know, the best practices if I'm trying to be the most attractive, uh, put together guy that I can be. I've read a lot about this stuff and dating and seduction. And it's all very interesting to me. And anyway, I think if you ask yourself this question, you'll probably know the answer. You know, if you find yourself in a particular moment with your partner, maybe it's a heated moment. Maybe you're not acting as your best self. Maybe you're acting from your petty, insecure ego. Maybe you're letting your insecurity run away with you. Maybe you're being really needy and clingy and acting in all these ways that we know are not very attractive. You can pause and ask yourself, would I sleep with me? <laughs> would, if I was a woman, if you're a guy, if I was my girlfriend, would I be finding this behavior very attractive? Would I be drawn to this? Would this be, you know, doing it for me? And I don't just mean in the moment, like you need to be at your most sexually attractive all the time. Of course, that's not what I mean. But it's a good practice to kind of get into, to be a little more self-conscious. And I don't mean self-conscious in a negative sense. I mean self-aware, really. When you're engaged with your partner, when you're, you know, having conversations with them, or when you feel those retroactive jealousy urges, pause and ask yourself, you know, would I find this attractive? And again, you could, if you want to make it simpler, this question, if the would I sleep with me, <laughs> if that's too much for you to wrap your head around, I completely get it. It's a weird question. If you'd prefer, you can simply put yourself in your partner's shoes and ask yourself, if my partner was struggling with retroactive jealousy, pestering me all the time with the same tired questions, asking me all these details about events from my past that I haven't even thought about in maybe 10 years, if they were acting this way, what would I think? How would I feel? Would I think they were a really confident, attractive person with a lot going with them, with a lot of confidence and a lot of, um, you know, good energy? Or would I find it somewhat unattractive? Would I think maybe they're kind of insecure, more insecure than I previously realized? Would I find it sort of off-putting in some ways? Because here's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm going to quote another dating coach that I remember from years ago. Some of you watching this will be aware of the American dating coach, David D'Angelo. He had this very famous line in the early 2000s, attraction is not a choice. And this is so true. As human beings, as red-blooded mammals, we don't choose who we are attracted to. You know, I was at the gym earlier today, beautiful woman walked by, and I had a momentary impulse of, wow, she's really attractive. 
I didn't choose that. I didn't look at her and think, you know, should I be attracted to her or should I not be attracted to her? It's hardwired into my system. I'm sure many of you watching this will have multiple moments like that a day where you notice someone cute or maybe with your partner, you feel really, really drawn to them and you don't necessarily know why. We don't choose this stuff. Attraction is not a choice. And in a long-term relationship, this is the point that I think a lot of people really miss. In a long-term relationship, I don't care how much your partner loves you, attraction is still not a choice. You can choose to be faithful to someone. You can choose sometimes to love someone, even though you might have impulses that are you know, drawing you away from that choice, even though you might have resistance to loving them. You can still choose to love them. And indeed, often in a long-term relationship, we kind of have to make that choice. We have to decide to love our partner through various events or various crises in life, in the relationship. But I think one thing that a lot of people in relationships miss is that attraction is not a choice, including in a relationship. Now, attraction waxes and wanes over time, but once it's really gone, 100%, it's really difficult to get back. And frankly, this is a huge reason. This leads to a lot of breakups and divorces, this loss of attraction. People think it's a loss of love, and that could be related, but at the base level, you know, a lot of it, I believe, comes down to a loss of attraction. There's many, many, many reasons why couples lose attraction for each other in long-term relationships. Don't have time to get into this here. But what I'm here to tell you is that retroactive jealousy, retroactive jealousy, OCD, is frequently responsible for breakups and divorces. And I believe frequently the reason, you know, the kind of sub-reason beneath retroactive jealousy is a loss of attraction. Is, you know, if my partner's struggling with retroactive jealousy, I'm seeing them over and over and over and over demonstrate, number one, that they don't trust me. And that in itself is pretty damn unattractive because I'm telling them how much I love them. I'm telling them how much I care for them. I'm telling them how happy I am with them and how I'm not thinking about my past, but it's never enough. They're telling me over and over again that they don't trust me. And that in itself is pretty unattractive. And number two, just in general, they're demonstrating on some level, or at least they're, they're hinting at, a real loss of confidence, a real lack of confidence on their part. Maybe they're not as sexy as I imagined that they once were. Maybe they're not as confident and put together and self-assured as they were when I met them and I was so attracted to them. You see how this works? And, you know, I wanted to create this video for you today as a bit of a wake-up call. And, you know, I have frequent calls with coaching clients and we get into this stuff, but the long and short of it is retroactive jealousy is frequently responsible for breakups and divorces caused by a multitude of factors, but among them, I think maybe foremost among them, is a loss of attraction. I'm tired of getting these emails. I really am from retroactive jealousy sufferers who, you know, put off their healing, put off their recovery. Oh, it'll be fine. You know, my partner can take more questions. You know, I'm just having a bad week and eventually I'll get over it. I can just ask them one more question. I just need clarification about one more detail and over and over and over again. But everyone has their breaking point. Because these people often write heartbreaking emails to me saying that eventually my partner just couldn't take it anymore and they left. They, they broke up with me. I'll get emails from people who, you know, read my book when it's too late or they take my course when it's too late. They'll say, you know, my partner broke up with me last night. Now I want to take your course. Do you think it's a good idea? And sometimes maybe it's a good idea, but at the end of the day, they should have done this work, you know, weeks or likely months earlier instead of putting it off, instead of thinking that this problem would simply take care of itself. Because if you've been watching my videos for any length of time, you know, you have lots of 
you know, information about the fact that unfortunately this problem usually does not take care of itself. Unfortunately, it usually requires us to step up to the plate to make a real commitment and get to work. So all of this is to say, when you're feeling that urge to ask your partner questions about their past, when you're feeling the urge to snoop or engage in any of the typical retroactive jealousy behaviors, pause, ask yourself, would I be attracted to this? Would I sleep with me? Do I really think that I'm presenting my best self to my partner here? Because if you're engaged in any of the typical behaviors as it relates to retroactive jealousy, chances are good that you're not at your best right now. You need to pause, focus on something else, and start reclaiming the power. Thanks for listening to the Zachary Stockhill podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. To learn more about my work on jealousy, relationships, and more, please check out my YouTube channel at Zachary Stockhill. For information about my online courses, books, and coaching service, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com.